Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. Thursday is Missouri Emancipation Day, marking 153 years since Missouri's slaves were finally freed from bondage. It happened two years after President Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation. The president's directive only applied to slaves in the states that had seceded from the Union. A special presentation will take place at the Missouri History Museum Thursday evening commemorating the anniversary. It draws on voices from the graves at the historic African-American Greenwood Cemetery in Hillsdale. Joining me to talk about the history and the program are Shakia Golette, the manager of local history initiatives at the Missouri History Museum. Etta Daniels is the head historian at Greenwood Cemetery. Marvin Greer is visitor experience lead at the Soldiers Memorial Military Museum. Thank you all so much for being with us. Nice to have you. Thank you for having us. Edna, let me begin with you. I think we should begin with a a little bit of the sense of the history of Greenwood Cemetery. Can you give us a a thumbnail version of it? Well, a short version, certainly. Greenwood Cemetery opened in 1874, shortly after the end of the Civil War. It uh, opened as the first commercial cemetery dedicated to the burial of African Americans in the St. Louis area. Over the course of the years that it operated as a cemetery, more than 50,000 people were buried at Greenwood. Um, All phases of the military are um, accounted for, and um, many of our burials, particularly the earlier ones, were, of course, formerly enslaved persons. And you had to do a great deal of research, as I understand it, for this program, going through the obituary records and other other records there, correct? Yes. Actually, we research almost on a constant basis for Greenwood. Uh, when this particular program came <clears throat> up, one of the things that we were able to tell the community is that we have the names of nearly 6,000 persons who were actually buried, uh, buried at Greenwood and who were born prior to emancipation in Missouri. So our research, is, our research efforts go pretty deep. What, what kind of records are available? I would think that they might be pretty sketchy during this period. Some of them are. We have burial records, actually, that go back to uh, January 10th, 1874, which was the first burial at Greenwood. We have burial records that go to 1993, which was the last burial of Greenwood. But we don't stop there. We also use uh, military records, uh, ancestry records, uh, old family trees, anything that will give us a sense of the people that were buried at Greenwood. Often when you visit a cemetery, the question is, who are the famous people? Well, we at Greenwood will be quick to tell you there are very few. Harriet Robinson Scott may be the most recognizable name of a burial at Greenwood, but the importance of a cemetery like Greenwood and many others is that we get a sense of everyday, ordinary people, which in turn gives us a picture of the society that they live in. When we study their lives, we get a picture of what the circumstances of their lives must have been like. Maybe you can clarify something for me. Perhaps I misunderstood. You mentioned that 50,000 people are buried there. Yes. But I saw something indicating that there were only records of 7,000 or so burials. Is that correct? Well, someone may have records of 7,000. We at Greenwood have records of uh, 38,000, and we're working on filling the gap. Well, uh, congratulations on all that hard work. That's a a marvelous job, needless to say. Shaquille, let me turn to you with regard to the History Museum's involvement in in this kind of a program. It seems to me that this is an unusual approach, taking cemetery obituary records, if you will, and creating a program out of it. How, How did this come about? 
Well, actually, back in November, um, Greenwood Cemetery partnered with the Missouri History Museum, and we did a program with the African American History and Genealogy Society. That's when we first became aware of the type of research that the Greenwood Cemetery is doing. And um, I'm coming from Maryland, and we celebrate Maryland Emancipation Day. And prior to that program, we were thinking about possible annual programs that we could do every year. And Emancipation Day was definitely something that I wanted to look into. And when I heard the research that was happening at Greenwood, I just thought it was a perfect marriage um, to kind of highlight the research that they're already doing and merge it with our records and our research collection and create this wonderful program. Well, what is the format for the program? <laughs> well, we're going to start off with a brief introduction. Then Miss Etta, we're going to toss it over to Miss Etta. And she <laughs> He's going to give a brief overview of um, a, a few of the different types of celebrations that happened throughout St. Louis, um, first in 1863 and then again in 1865. And then we're going to feature six individuals that um, are buried at Greenwood Cemetery. And Miss Etta and Shelley Morris will kind of go through their lives and, just like she stated, recreate and try to put us there and give us a sense of what it was like during emancipation and for some of the individuals even after emancipation. And then after the six individuals have gone through, um, after we have gone through their history, we're going to toss it over to Marvin, and he is going to do a first-person reenactment of Spotswood Rice. All right. Marvin Alonzo, tell me about that. Um, Well, as Shakia is, um, I'm a recent transplant to uh, St. Louis, and um, one of the first pe- uh, people that I was told about uh, when I got here by my colleagues at the Missouri History Museum was uh, Spotswood Rice. Um, and for those who don't know about him, um, he is definitely one of, I would say, not just St. Louis or Missouri's um, uh, heroes, but a national hero. Um, he symbolizes resistance uh, to slavery and oppression. He and his wife, um, Ori, symbolize um, the strength of the African-American community, um, not just, again, in St. Louis or, and in Missouri, but nationally. Spotswood Rice uh, was born into slavery um, in about 1819. He... Um, uh, he as a freedom fighter, he's constantly running away, constantly trying to gain his freedom, um, and eventually he succeeds, and he um, enlists um, along with 200,000 uh, 200, other African Americans um, who enlist in the Union Army during the Civil War, and he enlists in the 67th United States Colored Troops, um, one of the many African American units that was raised uh, right here in St. Louis out of Benton Barracks. So what is your reenactment going to involve? Um, it's, going to, um, it's going to involve uh, speaking to what does emancipation, what does freedom mean to African Americans during this turbulent time in American history in 1865 at the close of the Civil War, um, addressing some of the issues, uh, some of the contradictions um, at, America, at America's founding. Um, the Declaration of Independence said that all men are created equal, yet in 1865, African Americans are not part of that American dream just yet, and they're constantly pushing for equality, pushing for civil rights. And um, using um, Spotswood Rice's own words, he wrote two beautiful letters um, in 1864, 1865 time period, um, one to his, um, his daughter, 
um, who's, uh, who was still in slavery, and then one to his daughter's slaveholder, a woman named uh, Kitty Diggs. And so mm-hmm. using his own words to help highlight um, uh, this time period. Etta, is, is the Spotswood Rice material something that, that has come through you and through the cemetery? Letters and uh, things of that nature? I, I, I would have assumed that the information you would have would be more or less uh, vital statistics. Actually, that's, that's absolutely what it is. Uh, I became a, aware of Spotswood Rice, actually not through his burial, because he's buried, I think, believe, in Colorado, or his wife's burial. She's buried at Greenwood, but through their daughter's story, which appeared in a volume of uh, some material called The American Slave. Now, we started researching because of Ori Rice, who's at Greenwood, mm-hmm. and it's impossible to tell her story without his story. Why are they buried separately? She died long before he did. Uh, she was his first wife. He married. He remarried and moved away. He was a uh, traveling preacher. Mm-hmm. Shakia, back to you. You had mentioned uh, during our, the earlier part of the conversation that uh, you became aware of the kind of research uh, that was going on. Um, what specifically was it that you were hearing that, that attracted you to this project? It was the way that they spoke life and to the individuals that they were researching. They have a certain level of care that they take when they do research, and I think that's something that everyone should see. Um, it's, it's definitely very personal when you are talking about the ancestors and you're talking about honoring them in a very specific way, and that was something that I definitely, that we believe, that needed to be showcased at the Missouri History Museum. How does the research at the museum blend with what's being done at Greenwood? Okay. Well, um, throughout the number one in civil rights exhibition, you will see examples of freedom suits, including Dred Scott and Harriet Scott and Winnie and Lucy Delaney. So this program is definitely just an extension of that. So you can come in and you can view the number one in civil rights exhibition and you can get a more detailed story of what happened leading up to emancipation. But our goal is to teach everyone what happened after emancipation. Uh, Of course, number one in civil rights goes all the way up to Ferguson, um, but our goal is to and, have and people beyond. and beyond and beyond what's happening today as well. But our goal is to kind of educate people about what specifically took place during emancipation. Mm-hmm. Marvin Alonzo, uh, I'll put this to you and to the, to the others as well. But uh, I get the impression that this, this is more than a project; it's it's personal. Do you would you agree with that? And tell me how that would apply to you. Um, I would definitely agree. Um, part of the African-American tradition is um, embracing your African culture and African heritage um, and honoring the ancestors, always looking back um, so you can progress forward, um, or what it's called in um, in, uh, in Ghana, Sankofa, um, going, go back and fetch it, going back and fetch your history so you can progress forward and you know where you're going. And so uh, working on this project, uh, this collaboration with the Missouri uh, History Museum as well as Greenwood Cemetery is just a continuation of that African-American tradition of finding finding your roots, finding out where your ancestors came from, those struggles, that the, that the and making history relevant. History is not just something that happened in the past, but it's uh, our past reflects our future and our current, um, our current situation. And so if you don't have an understanding of what your ancestors went through, um, what those... Um, what those heroes, uh, 
uh, mm. from Greenwood and from many other cemeteries throughout uh, throughout St. Louis went through what they what they how they their work ethic, um, what they fought for, and this idea of resistance and perseverance to make America more equitable and equal society, then. Uh, it's going to be more difficult for us to progress forward as a people. I want to get the reactions to the uh, two ladies here at the studio as well, but I have to take a break. So we'll hold those thoughts until we come back. We're talking about Missouri Emancipation Day. That's uh, happening this Thursday, and there's a special presentation going to be taking place at the Missouri History Museum, and that's what we're talking about today with Shakia Gillette with the History Museum, Etta Daniels at Greenwood Cemetery, and Marvin Alonzo Greer with the Soldiers Memorial Military Museum. Back to continue this conversation in a moment. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Welcome back as we continue to talk about Missouri Emancipation Day with Shakia Gallette, Etta Daniels, and Marvin Greer. Let me come back to the personal side of this story, and Etta will pick it up with you. Great. For us at Greenwood, this is extremely personal. I'm not sure how to put this so that it makes sense to everyone, but rather than see enslaved persons as this nameless, faceless group, we see them as Harriet Scott and what she might have worn to church on Sunday morning, or Lucy Ann Delaney and how she was able to protect her own family as they grew up, or, well, thousands of others. I think I mentioned that we have over 5,000 names of persons born during slavery. But I just think it's so important that we understand that these were people, these were not uh, numbers. These were men and women who had lives, who raised families, who uh, owned their own businesses, who went to work, who did the very same types of things that we're doing today. I think a part of uh, a part of St. Louis, unfortunately, is that we've lost so many of our little bits and pieces of history. So many of the things that make us community and family are simply gone. Hopefully Greenwood will be able to help to fill in some pieces of that story, not just for the 1860s, but for the 1940s and the 1960s and as time goes forward from there. Just out of curiosity, do you have any evidence or any awareness that relatives of people who are buried there from the era that we're talking about are still here? Sure, we do. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, Marvin's going to be talking about uh, Ori and Spotswood Rice. Their family still lives in St. Oh. Louis. Harriet Robinson Scott still has family here in St. Louis. Um, and many others, uh, more than I'm going to be able to think of at this sure. exact moment. But yes, we do. We oh. often... We often one of the things that I think we're able to do well is connect his, connect the past to the present. And one of the w ways that we do that is to bring people back to their past, people who may have forgotten that they have a relative who did yeah. a certain thing and lived at a certain time. But when we find that at Greenwood, we always go looking for that person to tell them about I, it. I keep thinking of the phrase, the past is prologue, as we have this <laughs> exactly. conversation. Because that's exactly what we're talking exactly. about. Exactly. Now... Let me come back to you with regard to the personal side of this uh, this whole project. Um, again, like I stated, I just really believe in the work that's happening at Greenwood. Um, 
I think when we were going through the research process, um, and Miss Etta and Shelley will probably never say it, but they just get so excited, and you can see the excitement even through an email. Um, when they find something new, it's oh, Shakia, we found this, or <laughs> we located that, and that's that makes it extremely personal. And I hope that each person that attends the program will feel that. That's really what we want to happen um, during Thursday evening's program. We want people to come in and feel what they feel when they were conducting the research. Let me, as you mentioned the program Thursday evening, I'll just reinforce that. Make sure people know that Voices from the Grave with Greenwood Cemetery is being presented Thursday evening at 7 o'clock, of course, at the Missouri History Museum. It's only one one day, one event. <laughs> yes. An awful lot of work going into yeah, one yeah. evening's work. Uh, Marvin Alonso, let me come back to you. I want to pick up on something that Edda said with regard to the Spotswood Rice's family still being here. Have you had an opportunity and in, in, in getting ready for your presentation to, to talk to these folks? Uh, not yet, uh-huh. um, but they are a family that I am immensely excited about uh, meeting. Um, it's not every day that um, that I get to portray someone mm-hmm. and then meet their ancestors or meet their um, their descendants, rather. Um, and most people, um, outside of seeing someone on film, like a historic, um, a historic film, most most average Americans, um, our ancestors aren't spoken about. They aren't portrayed um, in um, in theater or in film. And so, to be able to take an average person like Spotswood Ori Rice, give give them a face, give them words, um, and then be able to showcase that for a family um, uh, like their descendants that still are in St. Louis today, I think is a, is a great honor. Will they be at the at the event on Thursday, do you know? Uh, we're hoping. We've contacted them, and we're hoping. <clears throat> Unfortunately, the people that I met years ago are no longer with us, so mm-hmm. we're hoping that some of the younger people will come out. One of the things that uh, I've seen in getting ready for this program is the fact that M- Missouri apparently ha- is somewhat unique in the way that it observes uh, Emancipation Day. Does that ring true to you, Adam? I'm not sure. I'm not sure yeah. what you mean. Well, I'm not sure either. Just there's something that I, I came across saying M- Missouri has a a unique perspective on Emancipation Day. Mm. I'll say yeah. I'll say for. Um, I'm not sure about how Missourians uh, celebrate Emancipation Day, but the history of emancipation in Missouri is um, is quite unique. Uh, mm-hmm. It was one of a few border states, um, so uh, Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation did not apply to uh, to those enslaved individuals here um, in Missouri. Uh, that did not mean enslaved individuals did not take it upon themselves to liberate themselves. Uh, and but um, as early as 1861, um, you had Union generals um, like uh, General Fremont, who uh, tried to manumit or free um, uh, in, uh, individuals here in Missouri. Um, uh, Lincoln was not ready to issue Emancipation Proclamation that early, and so Fremont's uh, Fremont's proclamation was uh, was kind of, was shot down. Um, however, people in uh, the enslaved community in Missouri are constantly uh, fighting for that, that freedom from 1861 until 1865. Uh, so I think Missouri is unique in that perspective of having uh, 1861 freedom date 
1863 freedom date and then 1865 freedom date. Mishikia, from my understanding is that there are emancipation days all over the calendar that uh, because of, of what uh, Marvin Alonso has just said. Yes. Yeah. And we're really hoping to make this an annual event um, and possibly celebrating Juneteenth um, this year. We'll be partnering with Coffee Right to do so and we're looking at possibly bringing it to the Missouri History Museum again. This is just an extension of what we look, what we are hoping to do in the next coming years. You mentioned Juneteenth, and I think that, that is a lot of people are familiar with that, but some people listening right now may not be. Juneteenth applies to uh, Texas emancipation, does it not? Correct. Yeah. Um, but people all over the world um, celebrate that, and especially here in Missouri, I know that there are a lot of um, Juneteenth celebrations throughout the state. Mm -hmm. So we are hoping to just be one of the celebration spots. Would would you rather have one day to apply to Emancipation Day for for everyone, or or do you prefer to have them, uh, as I say, all over the calendar? (laughs) Does it make any difference? I don't think there's there's any specific day you can, um, uh, that you can honor your ancestors and celebrate freedom. this idea of having a freedom struggle is was not bound to one certain day. So I think that, um, this is just my personal opinion, but I think that um, that having celebrations throughout the year is, um, is beautiful. Um, we are a people that, that believe in freedom as, as Americans. And so being able to highlight these accomplishments of uh, both the free and enslaved community in this fight for freedom and make it relevant that saying this fight for freedom isn't over. It didn't end in 1865. It didn't end in 1965. And it's not over um, in 2017 um, or 2018 now. Yeah. So, well, happy, happy, happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> um, but uh, it's not over today in 2018. But this fight for freedom is an ongoing process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just brings to mind uh, the, the criticism you hear from time to time about Black History Month. Uh, certainly, it's a it's a worthwhile thing to be aware of and and to to uh, reflect on. But a lot of people don't like the fact that it's relegated to a month; that it should be ongoing. Yeah, uh, agree exactly. to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a caller here that wants to get into our conversation, so let's bring Pianki. I hope I have the name pronounced correctly wants to uh, get into the discussion, let's bring her in. Go ahead, Bianchi. Yeah, I was going to ask your guest, with all the animosity that we see on former U.S. soldiers, American soldiers that fought not only in the American Civil War, but also in other wars that this country was involved in, Mexican-American War, Spanish-American War, Lee was in the Mexican-American War, Willard was in the Spanish-American War, also the American Civil War. Do you think that they are being unfairly ridiculed and pointed out to have their monuments removed even though they fought in both sides, like I said before, American Civil War and also in the American War. What's your opinion? Bianchi, thanks for for the call. I think that's a little bit off the point that we have been uh, discussing here, but if anyone wants to try to answer that, I'd be happy to have you do it. Um, I can uh, briefly touch on it. Uh, The what we what we're, what we're focusing on here, at least for um, uh, for this program, is I was honoring these men and women, especially men like Spotswood Rice um, and uh, and thousands of others that that served here in Missouri um, and this fight for, this fight for freedom. And um, 
to the to the point uh, to the caller's point, there's an amazing quote from a Confederate uh, colonel, um, John Mosby, um, who said that um, in I believe it was 19, uh, 1907, he's responding to a friend's letter um, about a um, a Confederate veterans memorial. Where, um, where they're spouting all kind of lost cause propaganda. And as a Confederate veteran, he was upset. Um, and he said, no, the war was about slavery. Um, it was, if it was right to own slaves at the time, it was right to fight for it. I, fight, uh, I fought for my, uh, for my country, and I'm paraphrasing, um, because, that's what I, because that's what I believed in at that time. Um, the South should know why they went to war. A soldier uh, fights, for the, fights for his country regardless of the political merits of it. And I think um, to take that into account, you cannot separate the political ideology from the military ideology um, of when you're talking about uh, the Confederacy. But uh, focusing on these uh, these African American soldiers who fought, these men are fighting for freedom. Although the Union did not go to war to free um, enslaved people to begin with, the African American community um, knew from 1861 until 1865 that this war would alter the course of history and would ultimately lead to manumission and freedom uh, for millions of people um, and our fellow countrymen here. Well, we have to wind this down, but I have an email from Madonna in Crestwood here I'd like to get your uh, response to. Uh, Madonna writes, when a subject is so personal as historians, when a subject is so personal as historians, how do you maintain your objectivity and focus when surrounded with so much emotional information? It would be impossible for me, Madonna writes. And it will give you a crack at that. Okay, great. Actually, it is not difficult when you're trying to deal with 50,000 people. I think that if I were researching, doing some family research, then the emotional part of it may be a lot greater. Now, it is emotional at times when you discover someone and you understand that their contribution to history was so great, but their names are no longer there. Um, to answer your question, I, for me, it's not really very difficult. Uh, the m- most difficult thing is trying to find time to yeah. research as many people as possible. I hope that really kind of answers your question. Try to look at this object objectively, um, but yeah, it, there are personal things that come into. Is some days it's just some days it's almost to the point of tears. Actually, when you consider everything that went into that person's life. Shakia, do you want to uh, respond to that as well? Um, I guess for me, um, I'm always looking for the truth when I do research. And it, like Etta said, it is hard. Um, but if you just continue to search for the truth, um, you'll get the backstory that you need. And hopefully that'll um, keep you from swaying and keep your head on right without um, becoming overly emotional. Marvin Alonzo, last word. Uh, I would agree. Uh, delving into the primary sources, um, because there's always um, each individual's opinion, but it's hard to argue with someone of the past. If they wrote it down and said, this is how I feel on mm-hmm. X day, mm-hmm. I can't say, well, no, you didn't feel that way, and that's not why you did X. Um, so trying to uh, remove yourself and say, what what are our ancestors um, saying? Let's listen to their words. And then for those who didn't who didn't leave a written trail, Let's look into the documents that we do have about your life. Who, what might have, based on other circumstances, based on other evidence, what was your life like? Um, to just to find these everyday stories of common people like you and I, 
who the world may never know about nor ever remember, but still left uh, an impact on uh, not just the state, not just the city, but the world and this country. And that impact should be felt on, on Thursday evening. Thanks to Shakia Gillette. Thank you so much for being Thank with you. us from the Missouri History Museum. Etta Daniels, head historian at Greenwood Cemetery. Thank you so much for being with us. Marvin Alonzo Greer with the Soldiers Memorial Museum. Thank you for being with us Thank as you well. For having me. A reminder the Missouri History Museum presents Voices from the Grave with Greenwood Cemetery Thursday at 7 p.m at the museum. Again, I thank you all. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU.